Well, welcome everyone. I'm Sean Nacarado, Chief Strategy Officer at Pittsburgh State University. Hello, I'm Brett Dalton, Director of Social Media Marketing at Pitt State. And this is episode three of Around the Block, the official podcast of Block 22. And in this episode, you're going to get to meet two people that you may not know that well yet. Um, Carly and Lisa from Brick and Mortar, uh, the restaurant right at the corner of 4th and Broadway. Um, they are the, the two ladies who are really helping uh, turn Brick and Mortar into one of the premier dining establishments here in Pittsburgh. Sean had a great conversation with them about not only about brick and mortar itself, but about how these two got started in their line of work and what motivates them and, and how they see the future of dining here in Pittsburgh shaping up. What I really wanted to help the community to see was how much experience these two bring to running uh, brick and mortar and juicies combined actually. So uh, it's, it's really, I felt like a fruitful conversation, you know, somebody, th these are two people who you and I have gotten to know and consider friends as we've lived on at block 22 and been in that community. But the truth is, is that particularly given how quickly after their opening, the pandemic occurred, I don't think a lot of folks have had the opportunity to really get to know Lisa and get to know Carly. And of course, Carly White, who's the, the front of the house, runs the front of the house for brick and mortar. And then Lisa Beltran, who runs the kitchen for both brick and mortar and Juicy's. And I think one of the things that I'm hoping will come across and, and be seen is just, and I was even just excited and enthused by the amount of experience they're bringing to this uh, endeavor. But not only that, but and not only professionally from the standpoint of culinary arts or the you know hospitality industry, but also the amount of enthusiasm they're bringing to being in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and what they've seen uh, in, as we've talked about in other episodes, about the momentum in this community. And I think that having, you know, with the two of them having these very diverse backgrounds and how they ended up right here at this time, at this place, you know, you start to kind of almost get goosebumps a little bit with this notion of what that could mean. That it's like the right people, the right time, the right place. What could that mean for this community? And so I, I hope that folks will get to know them a little bit through this interview and get to know what you and I know about the two of them, that they're just authentic and honest and hardworking and incredible professionals. And that, you know, bringing and elevating the dining scene in downtown Pittsburgh to the point where if you're in there, you may not even realize that you're in Pittsburgh any longer. Yeah, and Carly and Lisa, as you mentioned, they're, they're friends and they're great people, and we're so happy that they're here in Pittsburgh with us now, and um, let's get to your conversation. All right. So I'm incredibly excited to have uh, Lisa Beltran and Carly White, from both from Brick and Mortar, on the very first episode of Around the Block. So the two of you really represent the leadership of the front and the back of the house of brick and mortar and juicies and so i'm excited that the community kind of can maybe get introduced to you a little bit more deeply so um carly i'm going to start with you a little bit because i think that you and i have more similar backgrounds in the sense of coming from small missouri towns and so i don't know if i'm going to pronounce this correctly but you're from marceline Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes, Marceline. Nice work. <laughs> well, you know, I had to Google it. Um, no, it's funny. Actually, Abby Fern and I were texting last night about uh, interviewing the two of you, and I, and she said, "Oh, she's from Chillicothe." I said, "No, she's not from Chillicothe. She's from a place that I can't remember how to spell." So let me Google it for a minute, right? Which is an interesting thing if you don't know how to spell something to Google it. You know, 
Like when, when mm. I was a kid, my mom would say, if you don't know how to spell something, look it up in the dictionary. It's like, well, no, well. <laughs> right. I guess I know if I know the first letter, right? So anyway, Marceline. Yes. Uh, which, what's the population of Marceline? Uh, 2,000 at best. 2,000 at best. And yeah. I mean, like minus at least one since you're not no longer there. So. <laughs> yeah. But, but Marceline, so that's, you know what, this is not to like brag about who from a smaller place, but like that's still like seven times the size of the town I grew up in. But I mean, you know. Yeah, I know. We used to come to Pittsburgh to go to town, right? Like that was like going yeah. to the city, right? Uh, yeah. Was Chillicothe the city that you went to to go to the city? Uh, I mean, yeah, if we were going to go somewhere that had like Walmart or something big, then yes. <laughs> yeah, like groceries. It's like, oh, we got to go yeah. get groceries. Or yeah. any kind of fast food, anything like that. But we didn't, we didn't do that very much. So. <laughs> right. So like the, so, but you left Marceline uh, and went to Missouri State. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then Lisa uh -huh. had a pretty substantially different as far as like your initial, like your upbringing, because your p parents were both military. Is that correct? My dad's military. Okay. So did you live all over? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. And then we got to Kansas and I was here for most of just from 85 on up until I'd say... 2008. Okay. Was that where we're in Fort Riley? Was that where you uh, Fort Riley for a little bit? And then my parents, which they still live now in Junction City, bought a house and we just grew up there. Okay. I was in and out though. I was traveling, going to culinary school and just seeing the States, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and but Lisa, I mean, uh, Carly, were you based, was it like, K through 12 in Marceline for you? So I went to Catholic school K through 8 and mm -hmm. there wasn't a Catholic high school so I went to public school or the only high school. Yeah, the other school yeah or the yeah. school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the big school. <laughs> yes the big school. How many yeah. in your graduating class from Marceline high school? So I went from Catholic school I had five in my graduating eighth grade class and then in my um, high school there was 54. Okay well, you beat me on the five. I had 36. <laughs> uh, where did you graduate from high school, Lisa? Um, so I started school in Germany. And then when we moved, I did some elementary. I just did till third grade. And then we came here. Um, and I did third grade to my junior year in Junction City. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> then my junior year, I decided to drop out of school <laughs> and I did, uh, I started working pretty much and then went to Job Corps to get the rest of the credits I needed to, to get my high school diploma through Manhattan, Kansas. So it was online. Sure. So how, how big was Junction City, uh, your, your class there? Um, it was, I'd say the graduating class my brother was in, maybe a hundred. So okay. it's a you know, give or take, maybe yeah. a couple more. But yeah, they were big graduations. And your your brother ended up in Pittsburgh, right? Yes, he went to college here. And he and, works at Miller's, is that right? Uh-huh. So was yep. that, 
was that a uh, an added benefit for you to move to Pittsburgh? Was that something that yeah. helped draw you to Pittsburgh? No, yeah, that's exactly why it was so easy for me to make the decision and be like, yeah, I'm going to move to Pittsburgh because, you know, Daniel's here and then my nephew, Jade, was here as well. Right, well, that's great. So there's already some kind of roots, even if you didn't, even if they weren't ones that you had, you had grown. Um, so, all right. So, so Carly, uh, you, you left Marceline, went to Missouri state and I understand you studied interior design. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So, so did you work in interior design? Yeah, I did for a little while. Um, I moved to Kansas city after I graduated, um, and I got a job setting tile. I did that for a couple of years. Um, I worked in a, a tile shop also for a little while as their design consultant. Um, but then I, there's not like a lot of people in my age in that field. <laughs> um, yeah. So I decided to get a job waiting tables part-time because I'd done that in college too. So um, I got a job part-time doing that too so I could meet people. Is it true, Carly, that your, your first uh, serving job was at Lambert's? Yes. <laughs> so, like, were you throwing the roles or like dodging the roles? What was your dodging the roles? Yeah. <laughs> no, I never throw the roles. Did you did you pass do the pass arounds? Were you like, here's yeah. You did so when you first started there, you had to start doing um, pass arounds. You're supposed to pass for an entire year, and then you could move up to host after a year. Um, and then after a year of doing that, you could move over. Um, but usually, the kids that started there passing were like 16, 17, and I was a little bit older at the time. So I packed for a few months and then they moved me to host for a little while and then I moved to server right away, so. Okay, so your, your entrance into the world of culinary art was Lambert's Home of the Throne Rolls. Yeah, so I, um, when I first moved to Springfield, I didn't know anybody at all. And um, my first two years of college, I went to um, a community college and I had been working the night shift at a fan factory together like these giant fans and so I was out one day looking for a job and um, I saw this billboard for Lambert's because like <laughs> I got lost I was trying to find my way home and I saw this a lot of billboards billboard and I was like wow I think that place is famous so maybe I'll cruise in and see if I can get a job the manager there hired me on the spot he's like well if you've worked in a factory before I'm sure you're a hard worker so you got the job and I remember right, calling my dad and he was like, are you sure about this? You really need to think about working in a restaurant. That's a whole different thing. And I was like, yeah, I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a place <laughs> I will tell you, uh, we end up, anytime we go to Branson, there's going to be a stop probably on the way there, way back at, at Lambert's because Jude and Nora, our kids, just <laughs> love getting rolls tossed at their heads. Uh, and uh, and I've, like, I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> have you not been? No, not at all. Okay. Well, I have a feeling that it's a little bit of a different scene than what you're used to working in from a culinary standpoint. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but they, you, uh, yeah, you sort of, you, you want to be able to catch the rolls and, and not drop them or miss them because you get sort of shamed uh, if you do. And, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's a, like, cause they've got the molasses stuff that you can put on them. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's an interesting and unique experience. So, um, but uh, so, okay. So Lisa, like so her, her entree, uh, Carly's was <laughs> Lambert's. Mm -hmm. What, what made you decide you wanted to work in, 
in restaurant business and what was your first job in the restaurant business? Oh, so I went to Job Corps to get the rest of my high school diplomas and they had a culinary program. So I went ahead and started in their culinary program. I was waiting to get my high school diploma and uh, I actually finished the program and then moved to California. And I was just strictly in school. I didn't even start working yet. Then I did that two and a half years. It was like an advanced culinary school. And then came back to Kansas. My first job was McDonald's for six months. <laughs> the only and last fast food I ever did. <laughs> actually, I actually worked at McDonald's for not quite two weeks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I quickly realized that I, I, that was not my scene. Well, I was trying to actually get into management, but they were not moving fast enough. So I gave them about six months of my life. And then after that, I, uh, to me, my first first was, uh, uh, I worked three years as a civilian cook for the Army in Fort Riley, Kansas. So that was like, I guess you can say my first actual, like, you know, actually getting into it and working into it before I even went and got my degree out of it. So you were, you were feeding soldiers at Fort Riley for three yep. years. Yep. How many, how many are stationed at Fort Riley? Um, right now I'm not sure, but we were, I mean, it depends on what dining facility you worked at, but you would feed a thousand easily for breakfast. Wow. That's just in one area. <laughs> Were you only doing one meal a day? Like was your shift? Uh, no, we did. We did. So we would do breakfast and then we'd close, clean, take our break. And then we did lunch and dinner. Like lunch and dinner was kind of together. Mm -hmm. So we did three meals. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just lunch and dinner was a bit combined. We were open later so everybody can get dinner too. It's interesting, like in some kind of interesting way, then you follow in your dad's footsteps and some kind of military service, even if it was oh, yeah. really inside. I'm yeah. sure he was proud of that. He was. Yeah. He's surprised I lasted. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't in the service. I was just doing it, you know, as a civilian. Sure, sure. So, but you had already, so you had already completed culinary arts program at that point? So, yeah, I got certificates. And then, um, after those three years, I seen a advertisement on TV for Le Cordon Bleu Culinary Institute. Uh -huh. And I was like, well, I like doing this. Let's get a degree. So I called around to um, Le Cordon Bleu in Miami, Le Cordon Bleu in Texas, and Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania was distant, and they wanted me to come up there. so. I left, I was there for about two years and got my degree. I worked out there at Heinz Field Steelers Stadium while I was going to school, so. You were in the other Pittsburgh. Yeah, the other Pittsburgh. And look, now I'm in Pittsburgh, Kansas. <laughs> You're in the real Pittsburgh now. Yeah. No H1, yes. Um, that's, that's interesting that you, I didn't know the, I didn't know the Pennsylvania connection on that. Yeah. For three years you were there? Uh, for about two and a half, I'd say two and a half. 
So Le Cordon Bleu, what they do is they take like four years of um, culinary and they shove it into like two and a half. And then once you're done with their program, you, you get your associate degree out of that. And then you pick three places where you would like to like, um, in order for you to graduate, you have to pick three places you would like to work, interview with, and then if they want you to come out, you do four months with them. And then from there on, it's up to you what you decide to do. So was there a, was there a specialization or do they, is it French cuisine cooking? Like yeah, Le, Cordon, Le Cordon Bleu is, um, so you learn, you learn everything, but Le Cordon Bleu Culinary Institute is more geared in French style cooking because uh, that's, if you look at history, the start of culinary, when it starts getting bigger and bigger, everyone started cooking French, like French style cooking, you know, home style sauces, stews, pies. Um, so, and then with the years, it's just all evolved, you know. So did you, but you weren't doing pastry thing. That's kind of I, a different, different angle or? No, so if, so Le Cordon Bleu, if you wanted to do pastry, that's a separate. I don't have the patience for pastries. <laughs> I cook. <laughs> I don't, I, don't think, I don't think I would either. I, and it's, it's, it's rough. You know, I have a, a lot of friends that are in it. I just, I'm more of the go, go, go. I can't do something, stop. And then, okay, now we can finish it, you know, type thing. Yeah. When I was, when I went to California to the advanced um, job corps, I did do some pastry there, but I didn't, that's not what I was going to school for, pastry, so. So what was the so what was the first job out of Cordon Bleu? Out of Cordon Bleu, um, so I moved to Colorado Springs, and I started working for the Broadmoor Hotel Resort. Yeah, um, pretty famous place. So when I was there, I did my first four months. I did garmage. I did. Uh, can you please def define what garmage? Garmage? Garmage is pretty much um, your cold stuff, like salads, fruit bowls, everything that has to do with cold meat platters. That's what I did for a month, and then after that, they just moved you around. I did a little bit of uh, sauces. I worked with one of the chefs there, and learned how he did all the sauces for like cafeteria for banquet events sure um and then after four months were up i had one of the chefs that was running two restaurants there he'd been there for a while approached me and asked me what i was going to do and I, was, I don't know so i he's like come see me so i started working at his restaurant which was the summit and it's based on uh it's a french bistro restaurant because he's from France, so. And it's in it's in Colorado Springs. It's at the Broadmoor, yeah. Oh, th oh, this was a restaurant, at, another restaurant at the Broadmoor. Uh huh. That's so. I went from school to the Broadmoor, and I was there ten and a half years. Okay, and then so I built many different restaurants at the Broadmoor. Yeah, they have like fourteen. How many did you work at? I worked at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. Are they all different? Cuisine. They're all all different cuisines. You have uh, they have a bowling alley there that is like a smorgasbord of food. You can get Chinese, 
American, you know, sushi rolls, pizza, popcorn, flavored popcorns. And then in that same kitchen, they share a kitchen. So they have an Italian restaurant attached, you know, right in the same kitchen. So you have Italian food, you have French, you have natural apicarian, which is like more of your healthy stuff. Um, super, super green, fresh green all the time. You have Pinrose, which is your very fancy meals. It's a five-star, five-diamond restaurant there. They do, you know, your $100 plates. Right. Like, you know, small amount, but it's <laughs> worth it. <laughs> they have golf club that is like, for the golf members there, which is, you know, their take, they got fried chicken, balaya. The chef there is from Jamaica, so he puts his own little flair of flavors in there too. So yeah, there's tons of restaurants there. So you were, you were there for over a decade and worked yeah. in the entire span of types of restaurants from, from clubhouse fried chicken mm -hmm. to five star, five diamond tasting menus. Yep. And got all that experience. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then when you left that, where did, where did you go when you left there? When I left there, I decided to travel Mexico because I really enjoy the food. And uh, I worked out there for about a good five months on a little private bed and breakfast, doing Mexican breakfast and some of their lunch items that they had there. Learned from a girl that was there for years so i did that now, for months one of the one of the stories that has come up in our when we've talked in the past that i thought was so fascinating is you learning to do mole uh-huh in the traditional way yep and if i recall that involves you actually living out essentially with somebody traditional mole uh-huh so talk a little bit about how that how that happened? So I, uh, when I went out to Tulum, Mexico, I um, met and worked for Chef Claudia. She has her own restaurant out there. She's been in the industry for a while. And so I did my first, probably my first month, I was living there at the restaurant in the back, just learning, cooking with them, waking up to the birds chirping. <laughs> And one day she decided to show me how to make mole from the traditional matete from her grandmother. Um, That's like the stone bowl thing, right? The What? The mo they say moquete? Mo I don't care. Matete. Maquete? Molcajete is, is the bowl. Right. That's the molcajete. Matete is the long one. Uh, okay. Same kind of, same, same material though? It's kind yeah, of stone. volcanic rock. Yeah, okay. volcanic rock. Yeah, and she just showed me how to do that because she sells it and she uses it there at her restaurant. She and they just she just now started making ice cream, mole ice cream, with an ice cream place out there. So really, she's yeah, she's she knows what she's doing when it comes to moles. So and and for those that don't know what mole is, maybe just give a little bit of a snippet of what mole is. So mole is pretty much like a traditional Mexican um, staple for, how would I explain it? Um, would you explain it as a sauce? It's, no, it's paste-like, but you, you can make it into a sauce. Okay. 
So you would add like a little bit of water to your paste because your paste is what, that's your base of it. So she would make it, put it in jars and it can last for a year because it's not going to go bad. It's all, you know, roasted, whatever. That's the shelf life of it is what she explained to me from mm -hmm. just the process that she was. And uh, for example, when we had a dish there, we would take how much we needed and then we would add a little bit of uh, water to it, depending on which one. Uh, there was a almond one. There was a pita, which is uh, pumpkin seeds. Mm -hmm. so oh, you yeah. add, like you can add cream to that because you know it's a light it's a whiter sauce right um yeah so yeah it's a it's a form of a sauce for them yeah i, I feel like if i'm explaining was, it yeah it's a form of a sauce for them yeah i was out at we were daryl and i were out in in i think we were in la and i think that's where we were i'm trying to recall if it was out in california but i remember there it was like there was this restaurant there that was really sort of famous for mole it was like really kind of corner restaurant nothing fancy but people would line out the door for this mole and and i didn't really understand what it was until then until i went there and um it's delicious but i think it you really almost have to have the right things to make it it sounds like yeah so, so that that's that brings you almost to pittsburgh right like that was the last place before you came to pittsburgh was mexico um actually yeah 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 i was in mexico before i came so i went came back yeah, I worked in Junction City for a little bit before I came up here, though, for good, for good. So how many how many total years of culinary experience do you have? 26. 26 years. So so you're bringing <laughs> over a quarter of a century of, and, and that means you started when you were like 10, so. Um... Whatever, <laughs> no, no, not at all, come on. <laughs> I might not like them, yeah. <laughs> But you, but you're bringing like a quarter of a century of an incredible span of culinary experience to brick and mortar and juices, and and I think that uh, here in a minute when we talk about the future, uh, I think that already as it as it was when when we open when open brick and then we go forward like that shows, uh, and I think it's showing more and more uh, as you're starting to see the, the development of the new menu that most people haven't seen yet. But okay, so Carly, now we're going to hop back to you. So you working at Lambert's, you're, are you in, you're in college at the time? Yeah. All right. So, so you're going to interior design school at Missouri State. You're throwing rolls at Lambert's. You're serving rolls. You're serving at Lambert's. Uh, and did you work at Lambert's throughout your entire rest of your career or college career there at Missouri State? Yep. Yeah. I worked and went to school the entire time. So the uh, interior design there is a little bit probably not the kind of interior design you were studying at Lambert. Say it one more time. I said the interior design at Lambert's is a little bit different than. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, what was like when you, when you were doing interior design, what was the hope? Like, what were you wanting to do? So it's almost more like um, interior architecture that we did. I took the only class that I ever took over color, anything like that. I took one, everything else was like, doing architectural desktop and AutoCAD and, you know, doing blueprints and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I don't even know if I ever really knew exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, eventually 
I thought it would be fun to um, kind of be off on my own, um, maybe flipping houses or something like that. But I don't know. I don't know that I ever really knew what I wanted to do in that field. Well, so did, did you, uh, and then, so your work when you graduated is when you, that was when you're working for the tile setter and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. And then, so like at what point did you make the decision of, okay, this interior design thing probably isn't going to be the direction I want to go. And I, I want to work in, in hospitality. Um, probably the thing that made my decision, um, my manager at the time at the restaurant I was at, he said, Hey, this place is going to start opening up new restaurants and we want you to go out and train, um, and travel. And I did that for, I did it the first one for like three weeks. I was gone and I came back and they said, okay, we're going to do another one in a month. And my job had let me go the first time. Um, but they said, well, you know, you need to pick which one you're going to do. And I liked that a lot better. I liked being in hospitality a lot better than doing the work. You were in Kansas City at that yeah. time. Yep. So uh, I, I did note, actually, by the way, that is it true that um, the other famous person other than Carly White from Marceline is Walt Disney? Is that true? Yes, what? that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. So that's real. Cool. Yeah, everything there is like Walt Disney Elementary, Walt Disney Pool, Walt Disney everything. Yeah, well, he was he was a dreamer. Uh, so yeah, so I, I now know two famous people. I know of two famous people, Carly White and Walt Disney from Marceline. <laughs> so that, <laughs> so, so you're working for this other restaurant. They were expanding into multiple locations. You were traveling to multiple states and you were essentially, you were basically setting up the front of the house and the server training side of things, right? And how long did you do that? Oh, um... I'm trying to think of when the first time we even went out was I would say I probably did that for six years with them okay because I was there I was at that restaurant for eight total um so we probably traveled for a good six of those years so then um was that and that was before you came to work for brick that was you've been working there right yeah yep so you've been at least have you had what close to a decade of experience in front of the house things yeah i mean this will be year 14 oh really okay yeah. even more and now yeah. is this the first is this the first time you've managed the front of the house or have you kind of done that in the past no i did it a little bit for the other restaurant i was at um whenever i would come back i was on it a lot but when i would come back i would either serve or manage um, part-time and then at brick um i came on just a manager there in kansas so, city so and you've been you moved to pittsburgh you both moved to pittsburgh about the same time right or were you already here lisa um i was here but i yeah well i was here back and forth from here and my parents yeah i was gonna say for you were kind of yeah, I was back and forth because I was in contact with Carly. So I was just like, hey, I'll be up there this. Uh, but then once I had my interview here, I think is when I just decided to stay. And when I got the job here, yeah. So the uh, so you guys, the two of you have been working together since the, since the restaurant opened. Yes. And so you probably didn't envision that 
<laughs> that the restaurant will be operating the way it is right now when you guys started. So nobody saw this coming, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so um, let's talk a little bit about how you're operating right now, and then we're going to talk about the future. But um, the first thing, I, I want to get a sense from both of you on what your impressions and your sense is about Pittsburgh, about what are things that, that, that might or, or that have led you to want to stay and do what you're doing. I mean, I, I love it. It reminds me of home. Um, I, when I, right before I came here, um, I guess I should say before I started working at Brick in Kansas City, there was a brief little moment where I thought about moving back to my hometown just to get out of the city. I was kind of getting into it. Um, and then things happened that I got a job with Brick and then it led me here. And it seemed like it ended up being the perfect, you know, like middle of the road answer for me. So I love it. Everybody it's like a, it's like a Goldilocks community, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Not, too, yeah. not exactly. too big, not too small. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about you, Lisa? Um, me? Well, since my brother moved here, he's been here for 20 some years. I've been in and out when I'm in the area. Like if I go visit my parents, I'll come up here. So I've liked it for a while and I'll go, oh, you know, I want to be close to the family. So it was not nothing hard for me to do to move here. I love it. It's a small college town. It's not too big, not too small. Stuff to do, you know. So So did you what was what was each of your thoughts? So not so so you've made the decision at this point I'm thinking you know, you think about how this goes. You've said, "Okay, you know what? This isn't a this is maybe a great spot to start putting down your own roots." Uh Carly, I know you're now looking to buy a house maybe here in Pittsburgh, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Maybe <laughs> you talked about the, the pink house down the street. Maybe like we could be in the same neighborhood. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, but uh, so, uh, and Lisa, it sounds like you're kind of transitioning to thinking about putting down the roots for yourself here too. Yeah, for sure. And taking, you know, combined between the two of you, it's, it's what, almost 40 years of, of hospitality and culinary experience. To, to lead this restaurant, what what is it that you envisioned before and now and into the future about what brick and mortar and 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 the burrito concept, what really and specifically about brick and mortar, what it brings to Pittsburgh and why it matters for Pittsburgh? Um, well, I can say just from listening to like my brother and his friends, they're like, we needed this all along a place like this where, you know, it's not too fancy. Um, it's like affordable. It's nice. The food is good here. Um, it's just a place to bring your friends and family to, you know, have a good time. So that, you know, hearing him and his friends say that it's, it puts a good perspective of me being here and me, putting out good food for the, the community, you know? Same with, before we opened, um, I remember being in here just going for, you know, going over stuff like service wise and coming up with the beer list and the cocktails and stuff like that. And I remember so many people would come through the door um, and they would say the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Like we really needed something like this around here. So it's exciting to be a part of that. So. Well, you know, the, the, the space is beautiful too. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think about when we were, when we were developing block 22 and thinking about what could go in 
Um, and, 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 and obviously like we're not connected any longer. Brick and mortar Pittsburgh is not connected to Kansas city, but, uh, and it's, it's, I think taking on its own, what I'm loving to see is how much it's taking on its own personality for Pittsburgh um, and, and driven a lot by the experience that both of you, you bring, but then also thinking about how that can like then express itself for Pittsburgh uh, and how, you know, the space that it occupies, that's formerly Kroll's, you know, was a multi-generational pharmacy family, you know, that was there. You go back even further than that, like that, that corner of fourth and Broadway where, where brick and mortar now occupies, it's one of the most important corners in Pittsburgh's history. And so I think that has to add to some excitement about what it could be now for the future. Um, and so I, I love, I love hearing that. And so I remember actually the the first night was it was one of the first things that gotten completed. The, the tables were in there and everything, and this thunderstorm up there. And mm -hmm. I can't remember who all was sitting, but at that surfboard table, like we like we weren't you know the place wasn't open yet. But like, and just looking out and thinking like, okay, we could be about anywhere. Like you look mm -hmm. out on the on the road, and you're like, okay, we could be in Kansas City, but mm -hmm. we don't have to drive an hour and a half or two hours to go be in Kansas City and get food that's on the caliber of Kansas City and and that sort of a thing so um very excited about that I mean I can say that for myself and a lot of people that I know and, and I've and I've loved seeing to you and your dynamic so like how, how's that worked as far as the dynamic between the two of you since you're kind of on a daily basis I mean and in looking in the future running the place right and how do I get along with her however you want to take that <laughs> um we're an awesome team I got her back just my right hand right here if she wasn't here I probably wouldn't be here honest same. to god truth so same so we've we've been through our ups and downs here but you know it's it's starting to get up there and good hands so I'm excited to see what goes from here. Yeah, so let's let's talk about what goes from here. So uh, I know we're we're a little ways from Brick being being positioned to really release the new menu and stuff, but I also know that you guys are doing a lot of tasting. And from what I hear from your primary taste tester, he's <laughs> kind of thinking I need some more taste testers, or I'm going to get so yeah. big. Uh, what's what what when you think about the new menu that will come out? Uh, when you think about the, the cocktail program, when you think about what the service is going to feel like, maybe talk a little bit about what your visions are for what that looks like and what Pittsburgh can expect once we're able to get gathered back together. I'm excited for us to all finally get back together and just have people in here because I feel like um, after everything, it's almost going to be like a place where everybody can come before even everybody like seemed like they knew each other quite a bit. And, you know, on your way to your table, you'd stop at three other tables and talk to people. But I feel like it's going to be like that even more once everything's over and everybody can get out and, and be with each other. Um, and I'm really excited about the food. I'm going to be 10 pounds heavier <laughs> <laughs> by the time we get done tasting all this stuff. But Lisa, what are your thoughts on the, um, food aspect it's it's gonna be cool mm -hmm. um we're adding a couple more pizzas some handhelds we're bringing com making it comfort food you know it's shareables you know if you bring a family you don't have to 
you know, everybody's, you know, split stuff. It's all going to be shareable for you to come in and eat. So yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be good food we're putting out. We were putting out good food before and now we're putting out great. So. And how's the, you know, you obviously you're, you're still open. So, so right now, if, if people want to experience, still experience brick and mortar food, even if it's not a hundred percent what we're, what's going to be there after, or when we can all get back together there, uh, what are the ways right now that they can do that? Well, we're doing curbside um, pickup right now, both here and at Juicy's. So we've been trying to post, we have our menu posted, the limited one on Facebook. And then we've been trying to post when we do specials usually just during the weekend. Um, so we've been pretty busy doing, working on other stuff during the week, but um, follow us on Facebook. You can find it all there and then just call in and we can take cards over the phone and everything. We run it out to you. You don't even have to get out of the car. So okay. it makes it easy. Facebook and Instagram, right? Both? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, is it, is it, what is it? Is it brick, brick and mortar pit? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, well, I think that I speak for a lot of people in saying that can't wait to actually be able to be in there, uh, enjoying the new menus, uh, having brunch and lunch and dinner. Uh, and my understanding is, which will be all revised, revamped new menus for all of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, and being able to have just the best cocktails you can have in town, hopefully, uh, and, uh, be able to have that experience together and, and uh, it really exemplifies, I think, what we were trying to do when building Block 22, which was a place where people could gather. So mm -hmm. yep. we all have the hope that we're going to get back to that. We don't know when, but uh, that we will. So uh, I think that we're excited for the two of you to be there and have a lot of trust in the two of you to be running this place. And I'm glad that, you know, you like each other, too, because... Uh, <laughs> Because it's because a lot of times it's maybe it would be great if it didn't. <laughs> it would be rough. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you'd want people to know about Brick before we sign off? Can't mm. wait till you can come back. Yeah, come back, join us. We've never <laughs> been. Come. Never been. Come out. <laughs> All right. Well, appreciate the two of you, and uh, and I'm excited for you to be part of a part of Block 22 and a part of the community, and uh, looking forward to years to come of that. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> and that was a great conversation, Sean, with um, Carly and Lisa. I've so much I did not know about their backgrounds. And um, I'm a little bit jealous of Lisa for even having an opportunity to be at the Broadmoor at all, because you know I go out to Colorado Springs with Jamie and her family, and I've always wanted to stay there. And mm -hmm. uh, so hearing about Lisa's experience there was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't just, know about that until I didn't even know about that. It kind of she said, "Oh, the Broadmoor," and I thought, "Okay, the Broadmoor." Exactly. Right. It was the Broadmoor. Yeah. Um. So obviously, that was a great conversation. But what a what's your takeaways after talking to them about their backgrounds? Well, I think some of the most important takeaways were number one, the level of experience that they're bringing. You know, like like I think I said already, but the the combined almost forty years of experience you know, that they have folk, you know, between the two of them, front of the house and back of the house, the diversity of that experience from high-end dining to, you know, as Lisa mentioned, working for two weeks at, at or a month or whatever it was, six months at McDonald's uh, and, and Carly starting her career working at Lambert's, you know, th these very sort of large continuum of places that they've worked, the experience, the different size of places, 
then and then I think the next most important thing is is that both of them feel like this is home and they feel like that they want to create a home here and they want to put down roots. I know Carly's actually in the midst of looking for a house. Uh, in fact, actually speaking of blocks, you know, I'm saying here on the 500 block in West Euclid, I think she actually is looking about two blocks down the street uh, as a house that she looked at the other day. They, they want to be part of this community. I think that, you know, Carly coming from a small a place even smaller than Pittsburgh, living in two much bigger places, including metropolitan Kansas City, Lisa's experience as, uh, you know, the, the child of an army officer being in a number of different places and having all that different experience, but taking all of that and combining it into a place right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas, you know, I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited that they are excited to be here and that they want to be part of what momentum we know has already been going. Sure. Absolutely. And do you have a favorite food, a brick and mortar, a favorite meal? Oh man, I got to narrow that down. Um, I will say the wings at brick and mortar might be the best wings. Uh, and prior to uh, me being told by my cardiologist that I need to avoid the fried food as much, uh, I could, I could, and was eating those almost every day uh, because it was so easy to access. But um, that the wings probably are my favorite. And uh, now I have shifted a little bit healthier. I, I, I get the scallops or the salmon almost every single time uh, when we order uh, curbside. How about you? Oh yeah, the wings for sure. Uh, but I have to admit, the smokehouse or the smokestack burger—my goodness! Yeah, if it wasn't for having to worry about health at all, I'd have that every day. <laughs> well, the, so, I'd have to say there seemed to be some consistency in your favorites. I think if I recall correctly, your favorite toast was like the Smoky Bros and oh. the smokehouse. So you just like the smoke, apparently. I like smoke. Yeah, if I could just get a box of smoke, I'd be fine. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, bring me something true. that smells like it's been smoked and all right. yeah uh, yeah but everything there so good the salmon's delicious um we're just so lucky to have it's one thing to find three new restaurants to put into block 22 um, and that's obviously not including root roots another great addition across the street but what great food to have right there at the the heart of the community Right now, and at the same and at the same time of having just down the street, uh, drop the H with you know again this is sort of almost the pizza wars thing, right? But like arguably the best pizza in uh, in town, uh, and that wood fired oven, and then Jolly Fox with the with, with what they bring and the pit that was already there. But it, it, I think that actually what you also see is that as as each of them elevate their game, everybody else's game is elevated too. And I think that. I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have this diversity of, of those kind of places is because they actually help to push in a, in a, in a good competitive way, each other. Uh, and I think, you know, even if we, if we throw out, we've got, this expands our dining scene off of what was a good foundation, a great foundation with places like the mall deli and chatters that have been sort of those sort of community standard foundational places for Pittsburgh. Uh, and this is kind of, building off of that and so i think that you cannot diminish how important these sort of quote-unquote soft things are to a community and and facilitating the building of those blocks and community yeah yeah for sure and you, you definitely hit it i mean if you think about before these five or six new places downtown opened up and, and the pit really got going the every place you'd want to eat was sort of outside of downtown I mean, yeah you have right. the 
Chatters and Maldeli and Del Rio. And then on the other end, you have Applebee's and Chili's and even Jim's Steakhouse is slightly north of downtown um, in the way that we're talking about it. And so now you kind of have this whole community of great food. And so right. no matter what part of town you want to be in, there's a good place to eat. Yeah, I mean, I think actually the notion of building a legitimate food culture in Pittsburgh uh, is really there. And I think that's that's part of, you know, I, I think that, um, I mean, I, when I think about like, what does it mean when I, you know, I said earlier about how you could be inside a brick and mortar and not, and not think that you're in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. That's no, that's not to diminish Pittsburgh. I think in some ways what it is, it's actually taught, it, it actually is acknowledging the change that Pittsburgh is undergoing right now, the evolution that's happening, the changes. But that the fact that also what's most important to me about that is that for the longest time, you know, you mentioned a few of those like pockets on the north and the south side, and we didn't have that connectivity of food culture that could be throughout, but also that we're reducing the reasons why people might need or want to go out of town on a weekend because Absolutely. you can have an experience just like in Kansas City, right there in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and I think that that's, those are going to be really important things, especially as we come back out of this, uh, and, and whatever that means. I mean, obviously we don't know how long that is, but I, I think that, uh, what we had and that momentum we had before we went kind of dormant with this pandemic, I think it, what part of it is, is that you're going to see increasingly people have the option and desire to not leave Pittsburgh on a weekend, even if they could, uh, and had the means to do so. But you're also going to see, I think, drawing people from a 50, 60, 75 mile radius, potentially, uh, some of which who are already coming to certain places, whether that be Chatters and Maldeli, or maybe they were coming to eat fried chicken or, you know, that sort of thing at Annie's or Mary's or Barrow's, you know. I think we've expanded the number of places in downtown corridor that would draw people from outside of Pittsburgh. And I think that what I would love to see is that that food culture starts to develop a food community and that they all help each other and they work together to draw and sort of say, hey, come eat in Pittsburgh. And in, regardless of which one you choose, come eat in Pittsburgh. And I yeah. think that's important. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think as, as um, restaurants start to open back up and we're able to get back inside, in a, in a safe way. I think we all just need to be really, really appreciative of what we have here in Pittsburgh now and be patient with each other as we go through it and um, just continue to support each other. So we make sure that we all can succeed and, and come out of this. I would like to believe even better than before the, the pandemic. Um, there's a lot of lessons to be learned and, and appreciation and gratitude. It's definitely one that has struck me and just so grateful to live in a community that has so much to offer and it's full of people who are continuing to take care of us and take care of each other. I think it's definitely uh, helped us to, we had, you know, not too long ago come up with the community motto of forward together. I think that this is helping us almost to in some ways redefine and reappreciate and have some depth of appreciation for what that really means uh, to move forward together. Okay, guys, that's a wrap on episode three. Thank you for watching. Uh, we'll, be rolling out some more content regularly as, as we go through the next weeks and months. So thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting the podcast and just thank you for supporting this community. Uh, take care of each other. And until next time, we'll see you around the block. Thank you.